Hello, everyone. Welcome to the first episode of Aces Audio with Chad T. Grant. Uh, that's me, your host. Um, it's a proud day for me. Um, this has been a long time coming, starting my own podcast. Um, podcasts hold a special place in my heart and soul um, along my own journey. Um, as something that have they they have been a medium for me to that has worked for me to consume um, in a variety of ways. Um, like most people, uh, there's things that can be consumed while you know driving, walking, um, you know a variety a variety of of ways that make it easy to consume. Say perhaps as you know reading or um, you know, watching a video for, for a variety of reasons. Um, I really appreciate, um, how audio is kind of unique, unique in that format as it's something that's kind of raw and unfiltered. Um, one of my favorite podcasts, uh, shout out to Christopher, Dr. Christopher Ryan and his podcast, Tangentially Speaking, um, where he, I really appreciate uh, his view on podcasting. He he spoke about um, in the past of how it's kind of like the true, um, the truest kind of form of unfiltered art, where it can be you know a monologue narrative, kind of like this first episode is going to be of this podcast or a conversation with two or more people. Um, and there's not there's not the editing. There's not the um, the part like, you know, say writing a book and then putting it through kind of a committee almost where the ideas are kind of filtered and, you know, I'm learning the art of copywriting, running, uh, running, uh, our coaching business with my partner, Natasha, uh, anabolic aces, uh, which is kind of a carryover part of the name here. Um, but you really kind of, you know, building things like, you know, websites and, um, coaching programs and marketing and advertising there there's a lot of filtering that goes on there uh, there's a reason copywriters are such a well well-paid profession because condensing things down and massaging and like you know coming up with things even the name of like this podcast aces audio I thought about that for months and um you know it's there's things that kind of get very um manicured almost like you know the lawn in the front yard. My lawn is a little bit overgrown just because I've got things to do like making this podcast, but uh, you can see my point. So I really do appreciate um, audio as a format in that way, that it can just be kind of straight out of the soul right into someone else's ears. And that is a beautiful thing. Um, I agree with with uh, Chris Ryan on that. Um, another quote of his that I really appreciated when he talked about on one episode of being a writer, like why would you want to be a writer and kind of the romanticized kind of notion of it, of like, you're going to be, you know, create something, uh, for the sake of it because of the lifestyle is, is something to be aspired to, or it's something that, you know, people would think is a cool status. And he was like, no, like the real reason to be a writer is if you have something to say. And I was like, yes, that is exactly, uh, how I feel. Um, and, Long story short, the reason I'm here today and going to be here in this podcast going in forward into the future is because I feel like I've got some things to say. And I really appreciate um, the moments in life where I'm able to come across other people uh, who kind of share that passion, um, that that they have a very unique voice. They have, um, you know, I mean, we all have our own unique voice and perspectives, I think, Perhaps some of us just with our personalities or, you know, have, have that, that passion to, to speak and to really share ideas through things like spoken word and, uh, conversations. Um, some people, the, the kind of preferred medium, like you we were saying is something like writing and, you know, I do love writing. I love writing and being able, I love that creative process of putting things out in the editing and then, you know, crafting something into a work of art. It's very specific and Honestly, for me, like writing articles on uh, on our anabolic aces website, it really is a labor of love. Um, for example, the the article on the flu shot that was kind of born out of my own kind of 
um, process of working through that with, with my son and the flu vaccine and doing a bunch of research on that, which obviously vaccines are a controversial topic, but, uh, I really enjoyed that creative process of tackling that, um, diving into the research and building, you know, really kind of look at articles myself as more like a, a durable resource. Um, one of the articles I'm planning for the future, for, for example, is going to be kind of, you know, a, a treatise, if you will, on, um, food sensitivities, kind of like the big ones, gluten and dairy, always talk about in our coaching progress, uh, programs a ton. Um, but it's kind of like the conversation I feel like can get, you know, kind of circular and nebulous and, and, uh, lost in the weeds, um, if you will, out in kind of the debates and this paper and that paper and the science and the other. And I do appreciate in, in an article, the ability to really like flesh that out and tell like a deeply compelling narrative. That's very, targeted concise with an out you know outlines and all the bullet points and all the evidence and then kind of finish that and it's like a work just like a book kind of like a short book so I look at articles but some people use the blog as you know their blog or their articles as more of like you know the weekly narrative type thing um, I've never never really quite felt the resonance of doing that just because you know it's for me it's kind of like I either um, put something out kind of like this in audio where it's just like a thought stream and the audio just kind of captures that like perfectly with, with zero loss. I like the idea of that. Um, and I honestly feel that's where kind of my creative um, powers lie most strongly are in kind of free-flowing narrative like this. And I'm very excited about the, the ability to kind of like put out my thoughts in this raw stream um, on a weekly basis um, and to capture those conversations uh, with people that I run across in life that I'm really inspired to have an amazing conversation with. Um, this is an awesome format to do that and then kind of categorize it and index it for future use uh, so that, you know, honestly, to, to just help. That's uh, the reason that I, I settled on, you know, the word ace, which, you know, those of you that know me or maybe seen my pictures on the, on the interwebs um, know that I have uh, pocket aces tattooed on my inner left forearm, um, you know, cause surface level reason is cause I'm a poker player, but deep, deeper level is cause I, I like to feel like I have uh, proverbial aces up my sleeve, um, all the time as in those are kind of like my, uh, the knowledge that I go around the world acquiring the perspectives and the, the ideas that I kind of form very carefully and, and my own opinions that I value very highly. Um, those are my aces. Um, and I put a lot of effort into thinking about them and refining my ideas. And I, I, I take that kind of like personal uh, accountability, integrity very seriously. Um, <laughs> that being said, I'm, I, I've learned over the years that having fun is equally as important, you know, maybe even more important in some ways uh, to kind of blow the pressure off uh, the steam if you're just spinning around in your own head too long. But I mean, conversations kind of do that for me. Even right now, just recording this uh, as a monologue, it, it allows me to kind of vent out that pressure on my soul. So I really do appreciate that. Um, and the name of the podcast, Aces Audio, that, you know, thought that went through as well. And, you know, that, that kind of Aces metaphor is in like the ultimate, you know, pinnacle of kind of mastery or expertise or professional capability. Um that's, that's the point, uh, the theme of ACEs audio that I want to, to cultivate here in this space is that it's not necessarily like a themed podcast, so to speak, even though, you know, in our, uh, Natasha and I's coaching business, anabolic ACEs, um, our current, uh, niche or target market focus, um, is currently brain health. Um, cause we're both have that in our, in our own personal journeys and we're really passionate about the brain and its connection kind of to life experience, the ability to experience life, um, in any way, kind of the brain is the, the main nervous system hub that's taking in, you know, literally everything from the world and all the senses, uh, filtering it through and then, you know, interacting with the body and, um, kind of the, the central hub and the driver of emotions and everything. And we think even in the, you know, functional health world, um, a lot of the time, maybe other places get more of the press, you know, alluding like a liver detox or gut health or 
you know, endocrine system or adrenal glands or all this kind of big kind of catchy glands, if you will, um, that the brain itself is kind of like the hub sometimes gets overlooked and obviously it all interacts together, but, um, you know, kind of slightly filtering and tuning, um, the areas of focus, like in terms of supplementation, testing and, uh, modalities, exercise, all that kind of stuff is our current jam. But, um, the podcast here, you know, um, it will serve as a form for that, um, planning on having a lot of, you know, experts in, in functional medicine field on here to talk about their areas of genius, the areas that they're the aces in, um, to be able to share that with you guys and really kind of, uh, give us, give a, uh, a space for that. And obviously there's lots of podcasts out there, but, uh, I like to think that, um, you know, the angle that, that I'm aiming to come at it from, um, is unique and powerful. And I've been inspired, um, by a lot of the conversations that I've had so far that have been, you know, offline, just in person with, with a lot of people in the field and love to bring you guys some very focused and targeted kind of like quality content on that. So you can kind of, you know, use this as an rely on the fact, like the promise I've been realizing the the value of promises lately in my own personal growth journey, um, a lot in books I've been reading is the promise I'm making to you guys is that if you tune into this podcast, you're going to hear an awesome conversation. Um, that's my commitment, uh, to have people on that, that want to bring that kind of thunder and that passion with their ideas. And I mean, you guys know that I'm bringing it. <laughs> uh, if you don't know me already, you'll, you'll know by the time I'm done uh, as the Jack White quote, that's uh, tattooed on my arm. That's a ball and biscuit. Uh, look it up, kick-ass rock and roll tune. Um, which kind of was my theme, uh, the last decade or so kind of coming out, um, coming out to myself, I guess, like letting my soul kind of open up and breathe and expand from the, um, I don't know, the monotony, the, the waking up, waking up from the slumber that was comfort and comfort. I was kind of referred to as a dirty word around in my life because, you know, as much as there needs to be a balance between certainty and uncertainty, like the six core human needs, um, to those are the first two, you have to have enough certainty to not kind of lose your, lose your shit, <laughs> your proverbial shit, um, in life. That means kind of like, you know, your home and your money and all that kind of stuff. Um, but you also need enough uncertainty and novelty that it's new ideas, new experiences, variety in life to balance that out. Um, so yeah, I, for a long period in my life earlier on, I had a little too much comfort and too much certainty. Um, I started off my life for those of you that know me, uh, or read my story on, on uh, anabolicaces.com. Um, you can check out my story there for the full thing, but the kind of cliff notes are, I grew up in rural California, um, was always a kind of introverted intellectual kid, especially when I was younger. Um, there was, it was relatively isolated kind of geographically. Um, it was kind of hard to get around to, you know, friends' houses and things. I, you know, both my parents worked and, you know, as I know now they're at the end of the day and the last thing you want to do as a parent is, um, kind of jump back in the car after driving home from work and, and, uh, drive around town and, uh, and cart your kid around to different places. Um, going to pick up my son. Dexter from school later today and then we'll have our, our usual negotiations of how many fun things are we doing and how where are we going to go what are we going to do versus we're going to come home and chill so I get it um but for long for better or worse my childhood was a lot like that kind of uh you know I did a lot of introspection a lot of a lot of thinking a lot of uh kind of time to myself with things like that so um I, I think that kind of set the stage for me to, um, I mean, obviously an early, early kind of like education and experiences. I have a gratitude from my mom for, um, you know, working, working with me to really help cultivate, um, that kind of like open mindedness and thought process and belief in myself to speak my opinions when I was young. She always gave me an audience and really cultivated kind of my early education and, you know, like Montessori school and, um, really encouraging creativity and kind of an open mode. And it's like, well, I uh, kind of took it and ran with it. So thanks mom, um, for that. So, you know, as I kind of grew up, I was, uh, 
kind of naturally gravitated toward the intellectual crowd, like in high school as well, had kind of a tight circle of friends, the guys that kind of went on to, you know, Stanford and uh, Berkeley and different kind of colleges like that. Um, I went to Santa Barbara myself and kind of took up uh, took up residence in the psychology and then later evolutionary psychology scene, which was a really cool scene, checking out the origins of humanity, um, kind of the what's it all mean, where do we come from, and evolutionary psychology blew my mind in first class from uh, one of the founders of the field, Lita Cosmides at UCSB, and uh, Donald Simons was another kind of another professor who was pretty meaningful to me to kind of open up my eyes to like, Hey, what's this all mean? You know, this, this window that humans and their, that our our window on ourselves as humans goes back only a couple thousand years. This, uh, kind of hubris at its most, um, extreme as in, you know, kind of looking backwards towards, you know, the last 10,000 years in uh, post agricultural humanity have been very skewed from, you know, the previous, you know, tens of thousands of years or hundreds of thousands of years, depending on where you want to track the species splits back with the other kind of, uh, the other apes and, and, uh, that kind of evolutionary, uh, timeline there. Um, but the point of it is, is really just that, like this kind of isolated, um, kind of inherently almost like greedy or divisive existence that we have as humans now in modern life are, is really not the thing. It's not the way we evolved. We evolved much more fiercely egalitarian, um, much more cooperative, much more kind of open to rolling with the punches. You know, kind of like more nomadic, um, foraging and hunting, and kind of taking what the earth was giving, and and kind of just you know chilling out and rolling with it. And now we're like so uh, uptight <laughs> as a as someone said uh, recently at a Paleo FX, uh, new friend, uh, Ta Witty was uh, on a couple of panels there um, and, you know, had some pretty powerful words. Uh, hopefully have him on this podcast pretty soon and have a nice chat. So that's going to be pretty epic. Uh, but his just point was just that, man, we're all really uptight um, these days, myself included for a lot, a lot of my life. And my, my current goal, especially, is to kind of release a lot of that tension and, um, kind of unwind myself to just really let out my, you know, creative, creative juices flow. Um, so much inside there that just kind of gets covered up in me, um, with the stress and the, um, the grind, um, of modern life and just kind of believing that like the matrix, this is my ultimate favorite movie for metaphors of life and modern humanity is that where just like, you know, this world that's pulled over our eyes. That was the first blog article I wrote on my blog is, waking up to the world pulled over our eyes, um, and just, just wake the F up, man. Jeez. Like, look what's going around. Look what people are laying down that like, you know, we're not, we're not victims of this, this life. We're, we're all, these things are happening for us and we're all going through and it's, it's our opportunity to learn more about ourselves and be more aware of the world and to really, you know, kind of be the change you want to see in the world. I really believe in that. Um, so that's why I'm here today, starting this off, and we're going to keep it going on in the future. Um, so yeah, um, kind of coming back around to like podcasts in general, like uh, again, just kind of my gratitude towards the ones that I really listened to. I already mentioned Chris Ryan and uh, tangentially speaking, um, Tim Ferriss's podcast was a, a big inspiration to me working kind of back in the Monotonyville, as I was saying, where I kind of you know, to back up for a sec when I, I got my evolutionary psychology or psychology, but, you know, kind of focused more on evolutionary psychology classes and whatnot. Um, degree back in the day, worked in the, the counseling mental health field. Um, and kind of long story short with that, I realized like the conventional model of uh, mental health and psychology at that time where, you know, working in mental health is kind of the option for psychology, unless you're going to be a, a researcher or a PhD, which I was kind of done with academia at the moment. I you know, graduated high school with, with a year of college credit and finished college in three years. And after that, I, w- I was kind of like, I just want to get out in the world and do something, man. Like it's more than just books. I want to get my hands dirty. And, and I started that in the, in the field that I got my degree in, in psychology and was, you know, a counselor, mental health field with a, you know, clinical team, psychiatrists and inpatient kind of, uh, setting residential setting. Um, 
And I learned a ton. Uh, internally grateful for that. Um, shout out to Sanctuary House Psychiatric in Santa Barbara um, for all the the knowledge and the the experiences that I gained there um, during that time. Really kind of showed me uh, the real struggles on the inside of um, of people really going through some acute uh, going through their acute mental health challenges and you know um, kind of self medicating with with uh, recreational drugs and uh, just trying to make it work, you know, trying to, to grasp onto joy in their lives. And, you know, the, the paradigm and kind of the story that was being sold to them and to me and in my education and all of us, you know, and still at the larger society is this one of like kind of salvation through um, salvation through drugs, man, honestly, is kind of the way I see it. Um, is the pre- predominant narrative. Um, I mean, there's, there's kind of lip service played on the surface to, um, you know, things like diet or exercise or social support in the conventional model. But I think it's more the, like the icing on the cake of the pharmaceutical backbone, if you will, that like the drugs are the thing that will stabilize someone, for example. And then the, the rest of the stuff is kind of a sprinkling on the top where, um, now kind of my own personal viewpoint is that, um, you know, there's kind of, there's a better way to do it. There's a, a deeper way the the whole foods way is that as a metaphor for things in life, um, as in kind of like the, the most unfiltered way to do it. And where, where's kind of the deepest root cause when you back up the track, the farthest, um, in my opinion, a lot of, a lot of colleagues in the functional medicine space is like, we always want to kind of go farther upstream as possible to the big rocks, the big inputs into life, which are always going to be things like, what are you putting in your body, like food and water? What's the good stuff in there and how much kind of crap's coming along for the ride uh, with toxins and things? Like, are you actually, is your nervous system in the right state? You know, um, I think it, the stat is like 90% of the nervous system's input, um, kind of like if you were tracking it on a, you know, like an EKG or electrical meter it should be in the parasympathetic nervous state which is going to be calm right um and 10 percent only should be sympathetic or like active like fight or flight you know uh, high intensity stuff uh but a lot of us in modern life that's way higher and what's that going to cause you know our nervous systems are doing all kinds of crazy stuff they're like not letting us sleep not letting us rest not letting us take breaks even like today i'm on a quote-unquote break from work um vacation day so i'm doing my art here which is this podcast for you guys um but it's hard we get so stuck kind of in modern life a lot of us and myself included in that sympathetic overdrive where it's like you know oh we're not going to be able to be worthy of love and connection if we don't hustle harder and don't make that extra dollar or extra zero in our bank account or uh we don't do all these tasks and productivity is self-worth um hustle as a lifestyle that kind of stuff um and it really just jacks into our nervous system, hijacks our nervous system, and makes for um, just not super efficient computer. Basically, like if you're if you imagine your body or brain as a computer, you're just kind of like bloated with a bunch of stuff and a bunch of malware, and and the software is crashing. And just, that's what happens. You know, energy crashes out, symptoms come up, dysfunction is generated, and um, it's just not a super efficient system to be all jacked up on stress all the time. So that's got to go basically. Um, and I mean, honestly, those are the kind of the, the two big rocks there aside from, you know, I think maybe movement as a general category is another huge one, being able to move the body and move the limp system, which doesn't have its own pump working on cars. They learned all about like, where's the pump, where's the pressure, where's the fluid, how's this stuff move through the systems? First question I was asked. Um, and you know, detoxification, cleaning things out of the body, moving, you know, glucose and, and, and fat and, you know, macronutrients, how are they partitioned in the body? How do you, you know, if you do some exercise, where's the fuel coming from? How's it getting restocked? Those are all kind of like fluid movements and in the body and just using the system as designed. Uh, it's kind of like if you have a car, like when I used to work in cars, uh, for 12 years, which is my deep backtrack for a sec was my detour from psychology field. After I got out of that field, I worked as a automotive technician for, uh, 12 years, I believe on, uh, you know, high-end German and Italian automobiles. 
um, which was fun. Uh, it was comfortable for the first part of it till I started kind of trying to shake some rocks loose there and really decide what I wanted in life. And then when I didn't want to play as much by the rules that, uh, within the, the lane lines that were set for me in that career, I got a lot of pushback and eventually I pushed my push back to, um, so I eventually kind of left that, not kind of, eventually forcefully <laughs> left that career uh, for something that was, you know, kind of more, more true to my soul of what I really, my meaningful work on the earth. I realized that I love to drive cars, um, but repairing them was not, um, let's say, the most value I could add to the world. Um, so I dared greatly and made a shift and... I'm grateful for that every day, the opportunity to really step into um, what I feel like I'm meant on the earth to do, to create ideas and to kind of see things from a different angle, um, put all this data kind of into my brain and let it percolate and spit out answers that's kind of, you know, solving tough problems, um, the ones that I, that I feel motivated to solve. Uh, that's really my jam. And... That's why, like, again, I was going to come back around to podcasts a while back. Um, like, uh, Tim Ferriss's podcast was one of the, you know, it's a good time to come back to that because, you know, reading his book, The 4-Hour Workweek, uh, really opened up my, my mind to, like, whoa, if I could build a business that is, you know, relatively self-sustaining, um, you know, not completely on autopilot, but it's it's built very intelligently as kind of like a, a self-sustaining ecosystem, um, that drives value for people, but doesn't require continual maintenance, um, for every piece of it. Um, a lot of, a large portion of it is, is relatively captured, durable, and automated, which is, uh, exactly where, you know, some of you might know if you follow our, our newsletter and, and anabolic aces as we're transitioning our coaching business to much more of that to an online portal, um, system, uh, Facebook group support, and then, you know, still keeping that one-on-one element of, of, uh, lab testing, interpretation, analysis, and custom uh, supplementation protocols. Um, but with the goal of honestly making better life better for, for all of us, um, that allows me uh, to capture kind of the, all this intellectual property that I've, I've gained over the last 10 years doing my own health journey as, as a man uh, working to overcome all my own stresses, working to kind of repair my brain from the chronic stress and the uh, fancy term for that is HPA axis dysregulation, hypothalamus pituitary adrenal axis, which is basically jack up your brain and your, your hormones on stress. Um, so I was pretty messed up on that. Um, and had to fix myself. So I learned a lot of stuff over 10 years and, um, I'm super excited about the ability to capture that now and really use that to help people in the most durable way. But that, that includes kind of myself and includes me being able to put that down in an organized manner, much like I was talking about with like a, a blog article, um, in a very intelligent, um, systematized way that's durable, that can be consumed 24 seven. So that that standard of education for every person that goes through, uh, our coaching programs is, is the highest possible that I can do. And then tuning that over time when I see more needs or when I find new things. Cause you know, Tasha and I were just like bloodhounds for new things just today. She's, she's off, um, at a, uh, functional blood chemistry seminar. Um, she has a former research chemist, uh, working again in the pharmaceutical industry and seeing how all that stuff works and kind of her journey is, uh, you know, going through that, then going through a period of, um, you know, stay at home motherhood, um, and then coming, coming together with me both, uh, professionally and personally over the last five year period to, um, kind of join forces and align kind of the chemistry and psychology to do neurochemistry. So that's, that's our jam now. But point being with that is that we're always kind of looking for new things. So as we kind of discover those new things and as we, um, come across new kick-ass stuff and whatever piece of the puzzle, we're just going to keep updating that and going and, um, really what that's going to do is, is give the ability to, um, open up both of our time, but specifically for me, my time to do things like this, to create art, to really look at the big ideas in society, um, to basically to create meaning, which is, um, 
as another shout out to my ninth grade English teacher, uh, David Foster, who also has a book on Amazon that I read, um, which was really good. And I can't remember the name off the top of my head, but uh, I'll find that for you guys later. But it was it was a really cool book about um, kind of like this guy's battle for his soul with the angel and the devil and, you know, uh, who's going to win and, and the meaning of it all. Um, but uh, Mr. Foster, ninth grade, was uh, it's one of the reasons I, I love English is kind of he, he was my first one of the first people that woke me up was like, hey, man what do you think of this? And before that, everyone was like in school and in life, it was more like, here's the answer. And you need to learn how like a little parrot to like parrot it back. And he was like, no, what do you think? And I was like, what do you mean? What do I think? I can think things. And he's like, yeah, not only can you think things, you should think things. Uh, that's your thesis in life. What's your assertion and what are you going to back it up with? And ever since then that shifted my entire paradigm in the world of like, wait a minute, I get to make assertions. I don't just have to listen to what other people's assertions are. I get to lay them down. And I can think and I can decide and I can defend them with evidence um, and I can create things again to create that change in the world that I want to be or be that change in the world that I want to see um, taking it on and just freaking doing it myself. So thank you, uh, Mr. Foster for that. really appreciate that. Um, so yeah, um, looping back around again, that was kind of my, uh, my Tim Ferriss for our work week current plan. Uh, and yeah, thank you, Tim, for, for all your work with that kind of stuff. It's showing a lot of people, not just myself, how to be like, Hey, you want to be your best in the world. Um, solving this, this, uh, what honestly is really kind of a surface level base problem. Like Maslow's hierarchy of needs is the base foundation is just kind of like, how are you going to eat or how are you going to get money in your bank account? Um, the thing you really appreciate about Tim's book, um, for a work week was it was basically like, Hey, like you're more than this in life, you know, like if, if you get out of emergency mode, it really allows you to think the big questions, which are like, what are you kind of uniquely qualified to do or add in terms of value to the world? Um, and, you know, whether that first business that you that you do or first, you know, passive income opportunity, it could be a bunch of things. And friends, uh, my friend Galena has, you know, uh, started off with real estate investing and moving to other passive uh, income opportunities it can be or it can be something that's more you know um more directed towards like overlapping in terms of like what's your passion in the world or not um and for me that's kind of how it's worked out is like um you know trying to do it all at once which is kind of my style i'm a hot rod guy um so i like to work on ferraris in the past um it's like well let's just do it all let's uh quit the old career start a new business figure it out go through personal growth um you know, work on my relationship and parenting and all that all at the same time. So there's a reason I needed vacations today. <laughs> if you can't tell, I do a lot of things. So uh, thank you, Tim, for that, um, that perspective to show a, a lot of us what was actually possible, that you don't have to just grind it out at a desk job for 40 years and then die. You know, like Neo in the Matrix, you're not going to go out like this and working at some crappy, crappy desk job forever. So I'm not going out like that. Um, some other people I'd like to thank, I think, on the journey um, for their speaking and their ideas. Uh, Brene Brown, for sure, uh, her books, uh, Darren Grayley, um, and some of her others really just about the courage to be vulnerable, especially as, you know, my, my own journey um, as a man. I think, you know, I have tons and tons of thoughts, and I'll have some guests on this podcast um, talking more about um, kind of the whole feminism, patriarchy, male-female debate kind of thing. Um, I remember way back, you know, 20 years ago when I was in my, uh, some of my human sexuality classes in college, um, the discussions of social dynamics of kind of like, you know, this notion of the battle of the sexes and like, you know, why are we fighting guys? Like we're supposed to get along, if we get along, maybe we'll have fun. God forbid. Just being angry at each other all day. Um, but the kind of the point was like back to like that kind of egalitarian thing was, was like, if we're just spending all our time fighting over each other, it's this false dichotomy basically that we as a species, the idea that we're fighting against each other is kind of freaking ridiculous in the genders and all this divisiveness, you know, really all of it, the kind of the race wars and this and that. It's not that there's not problems with all that, but like the problem is that there's a problem <laughs> in the first place with any of it. Like, uh, as soon as you get, you know, the first monkeys that started fighting over the bananas instead of realizing they were growing from the trees and it was all downhill from there, you know? Um, so for me, I kind of like to, whenever I get 
find myself or see people around me kind of getting stuck in the weeds with this kind of conversations about divisiveness. It's like my, my personal quote these days is I want to unite my kingdom in love, not divide it in fear. And if I look at myself kind of as the king of my own, um, existence here, as in like, when I look out, I look off my front deck and see the world, it's like, I'm the king of my own little, <laughs> uh, sphere of influence, um, in life you know, inside myself and then how I interact with the world and all that. So, um, yeah. Um, speaking like back around on all that, um, Brene Brown was kind of where I was coming back to was, uh, her kind of ability to see, you know, she started off kind of with her work more primarily with women that realized that men had their own unique flavor of this, um, of being vulnerable and just, you know, shame, and escaping that that stress like i was talking earlier about like what uh my new friend todd was saying about stress we're all freaking stressed out and like these the shame of what we should do and that we're kind of crush ourselves with that like society we learn these patterns from society and the collective kind of damaged unconsciousness of that last you know probably ten thousand years or so all this intergenerational cellular cellular memory if you will like epigenetics and you know passing along from one organism to the next um you know, through all kinds of crazy stuff, we're just starting to learn about like microbiome and um, epigenetics um, of how the genes are turned on and off and how much that can be transferred. Um, and even if it's not transferred directly, say like in utero, transferred, you know, in the upbringing of being in that immersed environment with the parents and they're kind of, we're all just kind of replaying our, our programming, just like a movie almost, um, especially those of us that aren't trying to be kind of woke up to it, um, that awareness. And like I said, for myself, that's been about the last 10 years. Um, Brene Brown was really in, instrumental in that process for me of really digging deeper into the the vulnerability of the whole thing of like, wait a minute, I don't, maybe this armor shielding that I've built over myself with these, you know, muscles and tattoos and uh, even my words, like the ones I'm putting out right now, it's like, um, I can use those as a defense mechanism, as deflection, um, especially when I'm kind of more in the anger side of it. It's like, oh, I need to be angry so I can protect myself from fear is what it really is uh, underneath and or so I can validate my ego to feel worthy of love when I'm really worthy of love all the time and I don't really need to mess with that kind of stuff um, again uniting in love rather than dividing in fear but um, Brene's work really hit home for me with that it was one of the first times where I was like oh wait I it's actually good to be vulnerable it's not weakness I don't have to shame myself for um, having feelings or wanting to express them or even for being afraid. It's just like the self judgment, like judgment's just another thought, like, uh, Sam Harris <laughs> likes to say in his, his meditations, uh, his waking up app. I highly recommend that. And also his podcast, um, Sam Harris is a legit dude. So, uh, always recommend, uh, consuming him. Uh, his podcast is actually one of the closest ones, I think probably to the style of this podcast, Ace's audio that I want to emulate um is really like what i can trust with sam's podcast is that anytime i tune into him it's going to be a legit conversation because sam itself sam himself is a legit dude um he's got the brain power to kind of rock those conversations and to really generate insights and I, that's why i really appreciate his work and um share that as well um a couple of other honorable honorable mentions on the list here um uh, Mark Manson, uh, his his second book, jeez, uh, can't remember the name of it. First, his first book is called Subtle Art of Not Giving an F, um, which is kind of like basically how to care about the right things. Like if you don't, um, you have to give fucks about something. Uh, you can't give fucks about nothing, but picking which ones you're going to give is basically the thing to do um, and how to do that. So his that book really kind of taught me a lot about responsibility. Mark's own journey kind of mirrored a lot of mine where it was more like kind of my younger years were a little a little more filled with, you know, I thought I knew what I was what I was doing with a lot of things with my, my mindset and my my way I was in the world, but really kind of didn't. It was more like I thought I was doing what I was supposed to do, which was kind of like being cool by getting out of shit and not really owning up to things. And it's really cool. I can remember like back in high school with some classes, like I remember my physics class back in high school was like, 
you know, my whole challenge with me and my kind of smart friends there was like, how good of grades can we get without doing any work? And it was like really cool. I like getting out of stuff. And same attitude I brought to a lot of my first jobs was that too. Like, well, how much, how little work can I do with and still get paid? And it's like, man, is that a kind of a bullshit attitude? And I see that still kind of portrayed out in, in media and the young men growing up, which that's another thing on my, my radar here. Once I kind of get my life more automated and out of survival mode myself, it's like, man, do the young men <laughs> in general, or specifically the ones in my life, including my own son, uh, Dexter, who's going to be seven, a couple days here, man, do they need some guidance from people? Jesus I need to be the king around here to show these young men of like, dude, like, do not make that mistake. Do not make that mistake of trying to be cool by being irresponsible. Being irresponsible, getting out of stuff is not cool. I'll tell you that right now. And it did nothing but hurt me and hurt the people around me when I was irresponsible for most of my life. Um, including in in my marriage. Um, I did a lot of damage there. Um, by not really knowing what responsibility looked like, not knowing how to take it, not not knowing how to, I mean, it was not just there. It was, it was in past jobs. It was in a lot of places in my life, friendships, family relationships. I, man, that was no good. So I, I really appreciate Mark Manson for that, um, that gift of kind of showing me like, hey, like basically just quit effing this up and <laughs> care about the right stuff, quit being, you know, an entitled little shit about it basically. And I was like, that was a lot. That was a lot of like he, his metaphor for that is onion peeling. Cause the more you peel, the more you're going to be crying. And that was pretty accurate. So for the last couple of years, there's been a lot more crying. Thanks to Bernie Brown telling me it's okay to be vulnerable. Mark Manson calling me out on my bullshit. So thanks guys for that. Um, that was a pretty big solid. Um, last shout out to, podcast for the minute is probably going to be to Aubrey Marcus, who recently briefly met at Paleo FX um, this last uh, last couple months here. Um, Aubrey, I, I didn't know about his work until, you know, about a year ago at the previous Paleo conference, um, where for those of you who are not familiar with Aubrey's work, he, uh, he was the founder of Onnit uh, Nutrition Supplementation Company, who does has some brain supplements like alpha brain and, uh, you know, kind of a full line of different, um, functional health esque supplements, uh, which are pretty kick-ass. Um, but the reason that I really, the main reason I really resonate with Aubrey's pod, podcast is cause you know, like myself, he says he's you know, kind of addicted to words, likes, uh, connecting, um, very introspective, very self-aware, vulnerable kind of a dude. And he's also in, uh, an open relationship. Um, like, uh, many of you might know that uh, I've been in various forms of open relationships myself for the better part of the past decade in different ways, and it's a long journey. Um, I'd argue that that journey to kind of releasing the ego and the that validation that can come within like that monogamous kind of heteronormative paradigm, um, that's kind of a bitch, you guys, if you guys haven't tried it yet. Um, as Aubrey said in some of his episodes, I definitely don't recommend being in an open relationship if you just want to get laid. Just be single. It's much quicker, much less pain for everybody. You're even kind of friends with benefits types of things where you might have a little bit of an open, well, I guess then we're getting really into definitions. An open relationship, sexuality versus, say, polyamory, which it's like it's all open, the loves and the feelings and all those sort of things. And that's when it gets, you know, I would say it gets tricky, but really it also gets awesome because then you're really digging around in your soul and kind of excavating out the really nasty stuff that can hide in there, which, you know, for me, the periods where I've been monogamous, even in, in the past, you know, say five years for, for stints of that to kind of take a break and come up for air from all the growth spurts, um, you know, there you can get away with a lot of shit when you can, can hide. I mean, get away with your shit like that hides in your soul and your ego can, you know, I think Aubrey said on his podcast one time, it's like you, your ego will retreat to the place of most, you know, it's safest. So, um, yeah, being polyamorous and open relationships, it really doesn't let you hide from yourself. Um, which can, is both a blessing and a curse. It feels like a curse in some moments, but it always is a blessing I never look at growth. I don't think it's, for me, it's not really possible to look at growth as a negative thing ever, um, even though it hurts sometimes. But, I mean, that's that's how life goes, guys. Like, 
shit hurts. The shit that like the demons coming through your soul and being exercised, that's not going to feel sunny. It's not going to feel easy, but it doesn't matter. Like to me, at least it's, it's the point. What else are we trying to do around here without, um, growing? Um, we're each part of this kind of beautiful universe on this trajectory going, uh, you know, monkeys on a rock living on this planet with an atmosphere and light and sunshine and trees and fun and all this kind of stuff. And, um, yeah, just learning about that and being our best selves. That's kind of my goal personally. And, uh, kind of making meaning out of it all. That's, uh, that's really the big thing. Like I was saying, that's the meaning that I, ever since ninth grade with, with Mr. Foster, that's the meaning you know, once I learned that I could make meaning and I could use uh, this brain in my head for the powers of good and for um, furthering kind of, I don't know what you'd even call it. I guess it would be more like lessening the suffering really as it is. I think it's more so than creating happiness. I kind of look at it as we're already basically happy. We always we already live in paradise or in heaven, if you will, here. Um, without any need for any of the kind of mystical realism and magical thinking, in my opinion, it's like just, (laughs) you know, if you want to be mystical thinking or you want to be impressed by something like read a book about the universe. Like whenever I walk through the Pacific science center and I see this picture of the, it's called like something nebula, which is like 57 trillion miles across. And that's like a puff of smoke in the universe. Like, are you kidding me? Like there's puffs of smoke bigger than like an entire galaxy. And it's like, uh, like it's, it's then that it's like, yeah, we're not really making a dent in the universe, whatever stuff we build or do here on earth. Um, we might end up kind of destroying our ability to live on the earth, which just got from a talk, got back from a talk this last week with uh, Dr. Tom O'Brien, um, which was going to be, I thought mostly about kind of gluten sensitivity in the gut and neuro, neuroinflammation, which was some of that stuff in there. Um, uh, but his, one of his bigger points in some articles he were, was bringing up were some of the best scientists in the country talking about like, hey, basically, if we don't shift our rate of destruction of the earth, we're all going to be extinct in like, you know, 60 years or something like that. And it's like, oh, great, another conspiracy theory. But it's like, uh, we're getting pretty good at, you know, fucking up the world here, you guys. Like, we're getting pretty good at bathing ourselves in, you know, chemicals and Uh, radiation and um, all this kind of stuff that we're doing Um, and yeah we'll probably you know fuck ourselves up here but the earth is kind of just you know it's seen this kind of shit before Uh, meteors and stuff that obliterate all the all the life on earth and it'll come back Um, we're all just energy and atoms anyways so um, that was a cool stat on this movie heal on netflix i watched recently was that you know it's it's obvious kind of if you think about it but it it, when you think about it in this context was really impressive to me was that like you know the human body is 99.999 percent empty space and why because we're made out of you know what are we made out of like oh we're made out of tissues and organs and cells and what are cells made out of they're made out of like subcomponents and particles when you get down to that you've got you know molecules and then you've got atoms and then you've got you know nucleus and electrons and guess what is in every atom is mostly air and then you realize that kind of this illusion that, you know, if you put your hand on a table, that the you and the table are separate entities. It's like, and the air that you moved your hand through to place it on the table, you know, that all that separate is, it's just because you can't see it. I like that kind of metaphor of the matrix where, you know, Neo starts seeing the code lines everywhere. That's really kind of what's going on. It's just atoms there. We just, our feeble ability to interpret the world versus like what actually is there. Like we're only seeing fractions of like the electromagnetic magnetic spectrum um, is, I mean, on one hand, like we're saying, like it's like um, on one hand, like what my point I'm just making is that like, we're not seeing all, you know, there's a lot more than we can see basically um, with our limited view of what our senses can take in. Um, what we can even comprehend the size of like scope and space we're looking at like just our little earth versus like galaxies and stuff but it's not to say that you know kind of everything is meaningless because we're just kind of like in context here i I think again our meaning is just to to be ourselves and hopefully not screw up the planet any faster than need be god forbid maybe we even like i don't know like not have as many people so maybe we can regulate our population size but 
we'll have someone on later the podcast to talk about that um you know maybe creative ways humanity could you know maybe like stuff in like uh you know like in asia where there's uh china i think it is where um you know they have one kid policy it's like oh man we can't all breed and have 20 kids well you know maybe we all maybe you're wanting your grandkids to actually have an earth to live on maybe let's talk about that intelligently and be a little proactive instead of reactive after we already kind of pollute and kill and destroy um, but again forethought which coming back all the way full circle to this podcast aces audio is that that's really kind of my goal it's like let's have a container here for that kind of discourse to really like up the level on the conversations like exceptional conversations to challenge the status quo of this modern humanity like we're kind of like you know instead of like backsliding into the abyss um how about we change you know and and that's that's the kind of the the work that i really want to do in the world is really thinking about the big tough problems and talking to people that are the you know the the aces or the areas you know the people the experts experts in the room and the experts by the room i mean kind of like the world like let's bring it let's have some of these conversations and um each kind of bring our part to this um so again that's what i can kind of promise you guys i promise you that if i'm here on this conversation with whomever or just like this with myself it will be good it will be worth your guys' time to um listen to it um that's my promise and uh my promise to myself with my uh newly found ability to cultivate more self-love is like appreciating myself for this work uh, that I do um, to lay down these kind of tracks and these thoughts for you guys and to put out my energy um, to do this. So uh, Chad, I love you. I love you, man, um, for all this work that you do. And on that note, I'd like to thank you guys too for joining me on this inaugural episode of uh, the Aces Audio Podcast with Chad T. Grant. And I look forward to many more episodes in the future. Um, anyone that I've talked to recently that may, may be listening to this, I'll put out some feelers and, you know, we're going to get the guest list, guest list rolling with people um, that have something to say. I want to get on here and have some big things to say, and this is the place to say them. So until then... Uh, signing off and I'll see you guys next time. Thanks.